Are we live? No. Okay. Just doing a hard recording. It's too crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome to BitCast episode 65 for the week of January 13th, 2019. I'm your host, Jake Martin, and in the studio this week, we have Landry Smith. Hello, everyone. Thanks yeah. for having me, Jake. Get my jeez! Oh we have these new uh, Fed heads, and I feel like I can hear everything that I'm saying almost too much. Same here, man. Yeah, it's coming through loud and clear. It's kind of gross sounding. So <laughs> if you're, uh, yeah, if you are listening later to this and you don't like how it sounds, let us know. We'll we'll tone it down. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this week we are talking about our favorite games of 2018. That is something that we did not actually do before the end of 2018. But hey, we're only about two weeks removed. Not so too, not too bad. So um, 2018, I feel like was one of the stronger years in video games we've had in a while. And well, 2017 was pretty awesome. Too. It was pretty excellent too. Yeah, those those are the two that I think of. Um, but yeah, I wanted to run through our top ten favorite video games, um, and the criteria for both of these lists are a little bit different. But before we do that, if you are tuning in and you're listening to the show, be sure to leave us a review if you want to on iTunes or Spotify. I don't even know what Spotify has reviews or not yeah i don't know i haven't seen any but i also haven't looked for them very hard either i don't listen to podcasts on spotify me neither but it's cool that it's on there um so check it out if you want to go there um and be sure to um check out our weekly newsletter coming next week every single tuesday we'll be sending out a newsletter of just our most recent blog posts or reviews or podcasts and just a brief breakdown if you've ever like listened to the or read the hustle do you know what that is i don't but it's like a weekly newsletter that's business related. Okay. And it's about business stuff. But ours will be about video games. Very nice. I like that. The idea. news. So yeah, if you want to, I think I already have about 80 subscribers to that newsletter. But I hadn't wanted to send it out because you have to have an, an actual physical address associated to it. And I didn't want to send out everyone my home address. So that's a... yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I passed on that one. Uh, so anyways, uh, if you are a listener of the show um, and you want to listen to that, we'll have the links in the show notes of this, of this as well as on the site. You can check it out, bitbloggers.com. And Landry, you recently just made a Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze video review. Yes, yeah, and created a YouTube channel. It's uh, Uncharted Rupee. Please go and subscribe. I've got like two subscribers because I just I literally launched the video last night. So You know, I realized I haven't subscribed yet. Dude, I'm, ter- on, I'm a terrible bro. friend. I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> um, it's like me and my wife are my only subscribers right now. So, <laughs> dude, well, so what are some takeaways from making your first video review? You said you learned a lot. I learned a ton. So, I actually, I made an entire first video and I watched it and I was like, this just isn't good at all. So, <laughs> I, I scrapped like it all and I started from the beginning. Um, learned how to like make title cards and everything and just oh, kind of yeah. put in little animations that it's just basically i mean really the whole editing process front to back on premiere i i've used premiere but it's been about five years mm-hmm. and the program has completely changed so oh it's a lot too premiere is very overwhelming yeah i mean there's a whole lot in there and there's so much that i didn't get to use so i'm really excited to continue to to learn the ins and outs of it mm-hmm. um it took me at least eight hours to make a nine-minute video, so uh, <laughs> totally surely, worth it. <laughs> surely I'll be able to trim that down as I get better, and Gosh. you know I'm able to maneuver the software a little better. So yeah, I want someone that's really proficient in video editing to uh, give us some pointers and just say, hey, here's how you actually speed the process up. Here's how you extract audio faster. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Because yeah, I feel like anytime I'm editing video, 
I'm going very slow and I'm doing things in the least efficient way possible. Same here. I'm yeah, like, and I'm okay. like so much concentration on it. Like Liz will be in the kitchen and she'll call for my name. I'm just like, not now, not now. I can't, I can't do anything right now. You're so zoned so in. focused in on it. So and really, all you're doing is just like tweaking. You're just like cutting little small fragments of a video. Exactly. This is very important. I can't forget to do this. <laughs> so, anyways, that's really cool, man. If you guys want to check Thank that you. out, yeah, it's at his YouTube channel. I'll say it again. Uncharted Rupee. Sweet. So yeah, yes. check it out there. And then if you want to, I'll just probably drop it into your video review on the site as well. Yeah, that'd so be awesome. Thank you. Places. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned this. It's a review of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, yeah. uh, the new Donkey Kong Country game on Switch. Well, new. It came out Newer. last May. Yeah. But uh, new, new for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, but like I said, uh, we, uh, we are talking about the games of 2018. Um, and I wanted to say that our drink of the show today also is just water. Um, LaCroix over here. I'm, yeah, LaCroix I'm a little fancy. Lane. Fancy water. Yeah. And uh, Costco, unfortunately, has not refreshed their stock of uh, Kirkland Light. So oh, the Dirty Kirks are on hiatus for a long time. Fair enough. I, I think they go through like deals with different, um, like, uh, what, what would you call breweries? it? Breweries? Breweries, essentially, yeah. Like, one, like, I think big name breweries will basically sell them beer, but it's unlabeled and it's something a little bit different. So you don't really know who's actually making it. You're like, okay, it's, is it Bud Light or is it? I've heard that, but I've actually, some of them are, are quite nice. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. So if you want some. That's some, some pretty, pretty bad ones as well. Yeah, so. they're not. Yeah. Be careful with Costco beers because they can be bad also. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, we're going to be talking about the games of 2018. So we will be right back. Killing me. What do you do? I slept weird somehow, and then I like was trying to fix it and messing around with it yesterday, just kind of like you know popping it, Did and then it well. just like doubled down the pain. So, well, it's all right. My dad's a chiropractor. I need to just find some time and go get adjusted. So I, uh, I'm having this like weird pain on my shoulder, where like it's, it's my shoulder and my arm. Like it like kind of like feels like it's going numb sometimes. Oh no. Which is like a slight fear of like heart attack. Yeah. That's <laughs> or, not good. Or like severe diabetes. And then but then it also could be just like a nerve, like a nerve that's like pinched like yeah, somewhere up here. Certainly. So I'm hoping it's that. Because <laughs> last it's a night lose lose situation. Yeah. But. Last night I was I was I was pretty uh, uncomfortable and yeah. also stressed out because I was like, Am I having a mild heart attack right now? Or a stroke? Who knows? It's probably a pinched nerve. I mean at your age and you seem to be a healthy fellow, so I don't. I don't do anything healthy, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just had like four Oreos before you came over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. my eating habits are horrible. <laughs> I try to work out, but sometimes I let that go too. We're looking at getting the Y membership. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. baby. I love the Y. They got a basketball court. I miss that about my gym. <laughs> I suck at basketball, so. So one thing, um, I guess, did you want to do honorable mentions first? Yeah, let's do that. And then go through ten through one, essentially ten yeah, down to one. I have three. Honorable mentions, how many do you have? I have four. Okay, perfect. All right, so since you are the guest, how about you start us off? Okay. Honorable mention number one, or just just go through all your honorable mentions. Okay, and we'll just yeah, kinda... I'll just throw them all out there. So my honorable mentions are Hollow Knight, The Messenger, and Dead Cells, a little mm. indie trilogy there for you. Um, all good games. They're all really good games. They really are. Um, Hollow Knight was a game when it first came out and I can't remember if it was 2015 or 2016 I saw it and I was like this is a game for me I cannot wait to play this game and it was really good I 
basically watched like three seasons of The Sopranos while I was playing it. Mm. Um, and I never would have gotten through it if I hadn't had The Sopranos to kind of watch while I was getting it because I got lost. It's kind Literally. of a drab game too. It's like you spend 30 minutes in that game and 15 of them you have no idea where to go. Yeah. The, the next 15 you're like, oh, this is so amazing. I'm making all these new discoveries. But, then you get stuck again. And then you get stuck again. <laughs> but the thing that keep kept me coming back, I I wasn't, I, I appreciated the art style. I thought it was really unique. Obviously, the enemy designs, there's like 237 of them. All the bosses are yes. different. All the movesets are different, too. It's really, mm-hmm. mechanically, it's a very sound game. But getting lost that much is just, it's too much. It's yeah. too much. And I think that game, this is also with Dead Cells and The Messenger. I think all three of these games could have been trimmed down probably like almost 50%, and they would have been better off for it. Dead Cells is certainly a, uh, is a, is a slow burn you you really like struggle the first couple of hours of that game because you're not strong enough yet so you keep dying in the first three like three levels right and those bosses will freaking kick your ass if you're not if they not, will if you're not ready my thing with dead cells was the first eight hours i was so engaged i was like i love this game i can't wait to get back in and play more mm-hmm. and then like hours eight through 16 i'm just this is the same thing over and over and over again i played this first level at least 35 times now. I do wish they had implemented a feature where you could drop or or at least warp back to a certain point in progress. Um, that I would think, be very nice. I think Rogue Legacy allowed you to revive or restart at a certain point. Have you ever played Rogue Legacy? No, I haven't. I've heard of it, but I'm really not very familiar with it. I wouldn't be able to point it out of a group. A similar concept. It's a rogue light where mm-hmm. they have procedural uh, rooms that are generated. Every time you die, and you get stronger. Every time you do die, so it's the same concept basically, but okay, yeah, little little more cartoony as opposed to Dead Cells, which is more like pixelated, right? And another thing Dead Cells has going for it is the combat mechanics are great. No, they're uh, so almost good. every weapon feels unique and a lot of fun to experiment with, mm-hmm. and that's the reason that I put close to twenty hours into it. But again, I and I I'm writing a top. 13 games of 2018 Ooh, on my blog right now. Top 13. And I think Dead Cells is number 12. And I, I wrote that this could be one of my favorite games of 2019 or it could be a game that I never play again. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> it's. I feel like I could get hooked again, but I also feel like if I never played it again, you know. You won't be sad about it. I won't be that sad. I already know what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. I'm going to play another 20 hours, get my butt kicked another 15, and then finally beat the game you know? and it's one of the ones to see much more it's one of those ones where the payoff isn't necessarily the story you're getting it's it's really just completing the game exactly and so it's like eh, do i care to slog through the rest of this or not right now yeah. and i think i've seen all the environments now i've gotten to the last level and i just i i saw the boss for like five seconds and he destroyed me it was <laughs> like well that was uh that was fun yeah i got a lot of grinding to go oh, my last honorable mention is the messenger um Man, the first four hours of this game was like this game was built and made distinctly for me. It's so perfect. It's awesome, uh, and I I still I have a very uh, soft spot space in my heart for this game. I love it so much. Um, my problem with it was just Metroidvania burnout. After the first half of the game, you flip the switch to like sixteen bit graphics from eight bit graphics, and you're going back through all the levels you've already been through with some unclear objectives. I'm still really not certain what I'm supposed to be doing. I haven't beaten this game. Uh, just so you know, I've, I've only beaten about halfway uh, through. It's okay. I still respect you. And you, you have to 
just do the same levels over and over again with just my minute changes. And I, I had just played Hollow Knight. I had been playing Dead Cells, and I was coming off of SteamWorld Dig 2, and I was just like, okay, I can't play this type of game again. So Yeah, you got to slow down on the... Uh, I imagine that's another games. game that I'll get back into in a couple months and beat and really enjoy all the way through. But the, also, the writing is hilarious. The soundtrack's great. It's a really good game. I, re- yeah. I recommend it. It's it's fantastic, but just kind of just missed the top ten for me. Yeah, right there with you. Yeah, it's it's uh it's the messenger is uh, a shining example of a well done indie game that didn't really have a lot a huge team behind it and a lot of funding, but it was still excellent and I think it made sense on the Switch. So it was it was a lot of people's like favorite game this year. Yeah, absolutely. Or one of their favorites. Um, for me. Uh, similar to yours, Dead Cells is on mine as well. Um, but I also I actually have five on here. So uh, Fortnite is my honorable nice. mention. Um, Very nice. Florence, did you play that? I did not. The phone game, you know what I'm talking about though? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's worth checking out. I think it's like two hours. Is it, is it free to play or is it? It's, a, it's like a, it's like two or three dollars. Okay, um, easy enough. But it's, it's a, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's, it's a great story. Sure. Um, Undertale. Okay. For Switch. I almost put that on my honorable mention list, but and I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. I just I thought that to me was a swing and a miss. I thought that game was going to be perfect for me. I probably put five six hours into it. It just didn't connect with me at all. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. Um, and then Super Mario Party, okay. just barely, just barely didn't make it to my top ten. Um, That's very fair. <clears throat> but um, Undertale, what I'll say about that is uh, that game has I, what I thought was incredible writing. Um, the it is it it doesn't assume that the player is uneducated and doesn't already have a back knowledge of how games are supposed to work. So like the longer the more you've played video games, the more you'll kind of catch these subtle jokes that they're making throughout the entire game because it's very meta in the in a lot of things that it does, but also there's very clever writing, um, a very heartfelt story. It it didn't connect. That was the only thing I said. Like you know, everyone's like, "This is a like a, this is like a real tear tearjerker," and like everyone's like crying at the end of the game. And my playthrough, I was just kind of like, it ended, and I was like, "Oh, that was it." I yeah. was like, "Okay," but my journey through was super enjoyable. Like I was laughing out loud. I was telling Hannah, I was like, "Man, this game has incredible writing." I was like, "There's just some really funny, sharp moments in here that there I haven't seen in the were games. a couple moments that were, like you said, really funny." Uh, poignant moments as well and I appreciated that balance they had but I guess my expectations were so high because people have been talking about that game like it's a 10 out of 10 like yep. some kind of masterpiece and to me I was just thinking the whole time I I see why this is a good indie game and, and a really excellent representation of like why indie games are great but I think people oversold it a little bit unfortunately personally. I hate that. I, I really do think that can ruin your experience if someone overhypes anything. I'm very careful now when mm-hmm. someone asks me what I think of something. Like, if I really think something's excellent, I'll tell them. But even still, I don't use super exaggerated verbs. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm usually I'll say it's really good. I was like, I think you would like it. Yeah. I'm not like, this is the best game you're ever going to play. There's nothing better <laughs> than this, you know. That happens a lot uh, in in games media, at least. You it know, does. Like, go play this now. It definitely does. That's one of my really uh, something that irritates me about games media too is everyone's willingness to just give everything a five out of five or a ten out of ten. 
because I feel like movie criticism and like books criticism, you you rarely ever see a critic give something like that masterpiece rating or like a 10 out of 10 or something mm-hmm. like that because they understand there's such a history that they're stacked up against. Yeah. And also recency bias. I mean, something you just saw might age terribly yeah. in, in 10 years. You'll go back and play it again. You're like, hmm, not as good as I remember it being. Or I mean, that happens a lot with movies. When I watch a movie Same here. and I go back and watch it later, I'm like, oh, man, not, I mean... I remember liking this as a kid, but I, now that I'm watching this, this is this is not good. Right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, a dumb, undeveloped brain was it when I was a child? So yeah, yeah so dumb. A lot of the things, a lot of the things I liked back then aren't aren't that great. <laughs> ain't, these nothing, days. ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, the other ones I don't really need to talk too much about. Uh, Fortnite, I think, is um, super impressive. Um, the fact that I could get into it and still enjoy it, and they offered enough for somebody like me that doesn't necessarily love online shooters anymore um i still enjoyed my time with it i liked the battle pass package that they had kind of kept me going on something outside of just the core gameplay of battle royale and it's fun playing with friends um super mario party i love this game but it is such a that game is solely dependent upon having people with you to play it um which is its only downfall like outside of Outside of that, it's not a great game. I mean, if, if mm-hmm. you're playing just through on the story mode, it's really just kind of playing the boards and hoping you unlock characters. There's not much else to it, but when you do have friends over and everyone can kind of get into it and get excited, it's a great time. Those character unlocks are buried too. If you don't have the internet, well, I mean, everyone has the internet, but I don't know, you don't man. look up the uh, the way to unlock those characters. The it's like you're never going to be able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only unlocked one, but and I. That's actually my number ten game. So I'll let's talk just jump right into it. A little it. bit, number ten. Um, and the reason being is that that's one of the only games that me and my wife ever play, and we play a good bit of it. We've had some friends over and played, and when you have four players in a room playing Mario Party, it's, it's a phenomenal. So experience. much fun, so much fun. It, it really is. It's just a blast. It's probably the best drinking game ever made. Um, <laughs> it really is because I mean, like in between your turns, they're kind of long, so you just sip on your beer and just right. have fun. Yeah, and, and things going. are bound to get weirder and sillier the the longer you play. Exactly, it's always a blast. Those rhythm games are a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. But for every great quality this game has, there's some like real like, well, how could you even think this is a good idea? <laughs> Development design choices like, there's no way to skip um, a lot of the animations on the board, yes. and it's just I mean it's it's really adorable the first like few times you play it's. Mm-hmm. It's really, I mean, they're very well thought out. They're very well done. But when you're playing a game with even two people and you can't skip the other character's turns and you, you've yeah. suddenly done a 10-turn game that takes one hour that really you probably got about 30 minutes of playing time out of the rest of it. You're just kind of sitting there waiting. They could have done, They could. I mean, they can still do this, but if they just added some quality of life Absolutely. improvements to this game, it'd be, it'd be even better. I mean, it'd be up there with some of the more better Mario parties. And I'm shocked they haven't done it yet, but like you said, they still could just release like a 1.1 update. Speed Take up Take care text, of some stuff. Remove, yeah. an, remove animations or cutscenes, and just that would that would shave down, yeah, like 20 or 30 minutes of, but it, of your game. But it seems like they just dropped that game and left it, which is one of the only first-party Nintendo games that doesn't have any updates at all or DLC at all. That is true. It's kind of annoying. Because I was going to rebuttal you with uh, Mario Tennis Aces, but they've at least been releasing DLC characters for it. DLC characters, and they've updated that game a little bit too. They've um, added, they've added a, what have they added? They they added like a save mode on like the story. 
Yeah, just some like That's minor quality of life changes, basically, yeah, but so, not much, <laughs> not much, yeah. not much. So that's your number ten. Yes. I think I think that's pretty. That's a that's a it's a great game though. So yeah, if you're uh if you have a lot of friends around, Mario Party is an excellent game. My number ten was Mario Tennis Aces. So kind of continuing on. Oh, that. very nice. <laughs> um, this game actually is the opposite, where it really excels in the online department. Um, being able to play against people online is a lot of fun. <clears throat> the modes are limited, but what is there is a lot of fun to get into and just hit around for a while. Local multiplayer is still excellent, but it feels like they rushed this game out and just said, "Okay, we're done," um, because they, you know, this was everyone was all excited. This game had a story mode that we hadn't had since the Game Boy version. I'm like, oh, this will be great! Like, just getting in, getting to play through a tennis, you know, story mode. And there were some clever challenges. There were some neat ones where you're hitting snowballs at shy guys and hitting back fireballs at prana plants and stuff like that. But overall, it's just uh, it was like just super shallow, and it. I don't know. They they could have done just a little bit extra to try and make it feel like it was something like you were unlocking characters or something along the way, but it was just very, very bare bones when it came to the story. And the whole package, I think, really is pretty pretty bare bones. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job of updating DLC, though, so that was what we were talking about, where I do think they've done an excellent job of at least keeping people involved and saying, hey, you know, new characters coming out this month or this character, this character. I think it's like Rosalina Luma was last was last month, but... I think they're done doing DLC updates now, but still an excellent game and a lot of fun on Switch. Yeah, I actually never played that game before. Well, I take that back. I had a de- I downloaded the demo, uh, but they had like one weekend kind of yeah, trial that, demo. What do they call them? Test fire. Test fires. Yes. Unfortunately, I was having some really bad internet connectivity issues, so I I literally <laughs> played one match. And I couldn't connect again after that. So yeah, that'll, that'll ruin your experience. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, I was still excited for it. It's just I can't remember what I got caught up in. I have I had a budget in the month that came out, and I think I chose Octopath Traveler or something. It was, there was another game that I wanted, and I wound up going that way instead. If it was between Octopath and Mario Tennis, I'd probably go Octopath. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the time too, Octopath was so hyped up. I was oh, yeah. really excited about it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, uh, I know your your thoughts on Octopath. Yes. Um. All right. So, what's your uh, number nine? Okay. So, oh, and I should have given a quick preface. Sorry, yes. anyone listening. Um, I don't know if yours is this way, but these are all games that only like I played. So, there's a lot of other excellent games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, and some games on Xbox that I don't have. So, they aren't on this list. But if you are a PS4 or a Switch owner, uh, there's a good chance that. I played most of the best games that came out for for it in 2018, but I still didn't play all of them. So there's definitely games that are off this list that, you know, I didn't play. So I can't say if they were good or bad. <laughs> same here. I was just about to say the exact same thing oh, okay. with another minute uh, detail as well. And that if I was trying to give like my critical perception of the top 10, it would be different than the list I have in front of me. These are genuinely like, just I, the games that I particularly like the most. It doesn't mean they are def- definitely the best games. Because realistically, Super Mario Party is not as good of a game as Hollow Knight, The Messenger, or Dead Cells. Nope. There's a lot of... There There aren't as near as many problems in either of the any of those games than there are with Super, Super Mario Party. But to me, I had a lot of... I was able to get a lot of joy out of that game. So that's why it's in my personal top 10 yeah, list. These are our personal, yes. That's the way to phrase it, our personal. And also, my list has a two games that were not released in 2018. One of them is the ninth game. But I played it because of Octopath Traveler. I was so hype on it. 
Uh, the eight character thing was great. So it got me in the mood to play an old classic that has a rotating uh, party RPG mechanic. Job system, yes, all that jazz. Exactly. And that is Final Fantasy VI. Also Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo in America. Oh, yeah. Um, I played it on the Super Nintendo Classic. I grew up playing Final Fantasy IX, X, and twelve like backwards and forwards. I loved those games. I actually never played seven until like my adult life, but I still think nine's better than seven personally. But anyway, I love the Final Fantasy series. Final Fantasy VI was awesome. I think graphically it holds up better than any of the PlayStation games. It's just the sprites are beautiful. The artwork's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, the story is actually one of the best Final Fantasy stories I've ever seen in a video game period it's it's really good the writing's cheesy and campy as all hell but it is so much fun to, to read like the way that the american team translated the japanese text is hilarious like yes. they're just i mean it's laugh out loud funny kafka is a real evil son of a gun like great bad guy uh kind of reminds me of the joker for his just like gleeful love of chaos and genocide mm-hmm. and he does some pretty messed up stuff. It's great. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just a really good game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I had a blast revisiting that. How long did it take you to play through it, you think? It is about a 40-hour experience, I would say. It's hard to say because on the Super Nintendo, you don't really have a timer. You know, like yeah. modern day, you can like check your gameplay time. but There's not a save log on there? Like when you do like the hard, so the hard the way, saves in the system? Yeah, when the way it works is like every... I think the way it works anyway, every time you save over something, it will record that play session's time. So it doesn't have like a... Oh, a continuing clock, essentially. Right. It's yeah. just like, hey, here's where you, here's where you were last time. And exactly. What it was. Okay. Well, no, here's what, it, here's what it is. If you go back to the save state and you keep playing on it, it'll keep that play time. But I was playing on... Like, I use the save states when I have to, mm-hmm. but I was trying to play like, the, with the, the actual way. game save states. So I would only tap into my save states every once in a while. When I just opened the file and then saved over the save state that way, then it just like resets my it clock like 45 out. minutes. So it's like my total playtime on that file was like three hours, which is not accurate. Oh, it, okay. it was really closer to like 40 is what I would think. It's very confusing. Yeah. yeah very sorry. Confusing. I just butchered that for all you audio listeners and video watchers. That's great though. That's, that's, that's cool that, you, that we're able to go back and enjoy Old classics. Enjoy old classics on, I think, probably one of the my favorite, you know, traditional, I don't know, the SNES classic is awesome. It's just... Oh, I love it. Such a great retro console. Absolutely. Um, okay, so mine, uh, number nine, this one actually really caught me by surprise, is uh, Tetris Effect. Oh, nice. Did you get this game or did you, have, have you tried it? No, I've seen some videos of it. I need to let you try it after this. Um, so Tetris Effect, I am not a big Tetris player. Um, I have never really been good at Tetris, so I've always kind of stayed away from those kind of games. Uh, but I don't know what it was. I, the only thing I can describe it as is it felt like um, it was just it was a very immersive experience. Is the only way I can describe it. Um, the sound and the music in the background, like sound effects and the music, they all work to your progression so if you're getting faster or you're dropping blocks there's sound effects and noises and the music speeds up and it works in progress with how far you are in your stacks um they added some simple features that i think make it easier for a beginner where you're able to like 
freeze time and try to clear blocks really fast and you get more points if you do a whole bunch in a row which i never could do um but it was very approachable and it made me like it made me like understand the core concepts of tetris without feeling like i was really bad at it however I played on the beginner difficulty and I still got my ass kicked like near the end. Like I, I died so many times and it was beginner difficulty. So I'm, I'm, I am a little scared to go up a next level, but what this did do and the reason I put it on my list is because it made me want to play Tetris outside of Tetris effect too. Like I was trying to show friends this game, like, Hey, this is really cool. It's something unique. But also I like, I got that. I got it on my phone. So I was playing Tetris on my phone a lot, trying to get better oh, nice. and like learn it. So I, it definitely gave me the bug of wanting to, be better at Tetris and like learn T spins and like these different actual four Tetris line clears and stuff like that. So uh, I thought it was excellent. And I think it's a, it's a great addition to the um, PSVR library. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I've uh, everything I've seen about it. It it almost seems like it puts you in a a trance like state when you're, you're kind of in the groove and Mm -hmm. moving along with the music and uh, you can really just get in the zone and really start clearing off those lines. So I'm sure I'll play it eventually. I'd like to. It seems like a pretty cool experience. And the same game director who did Luminous. Yes, I was uh, going to say it's the same guy from Luminous that did which, Tetris Effect. Which that had sense. that kind of same like music in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> this one's nice. less less techno focused though. So, but yeah, Tetris Effect was excellent and really caught me by surprise. Very cool. Very cool. Number eight. Number eight for me is a another old one like uh, Hollow Knight that came out a couple years ago. And it is inside. It just came out on Switch this year, though. So it still counts. Yeah, and I, uh, <laughs> I'd never played it before. I played Limbo previously. I uh, really enjoy this development team. I think it's Playdead is the are the guys who created this. That sounds right. Um, man, this is just one of the coolest horror experiences I, like, saw or played or experienced this year. It was just so much, so creepy, so intense. The atmosphere, the music, the sound effects, everything about it is just, you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Um, Very uneasy. Yeah. You don't, know, sp- don't spoil it for me, because I actually, I do want to go back and play this. Oh, I have not played it yet. I won't spoil it. I, I'm i just, you definitely should. It's awesome. Um, there are few indie games that have kind of just put me in this space where you almost don't know if it's a horror game or not. It's just, they're playing with your head the whole time. Gone Home is one like that turned out not to be a horror game, but the but whole time I is. played it, I'm just like, some something's lurking around the corner. It's gonna mess me up. And you're exploring a house. No one's yeah. there. You're like, what's going on? And yeah. in this game, you're you're constantly wait, waiting to see what's around the next corner, and oftentimes it is something terrifying. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, I'll leave it at that. You okay. you got to play this game. Oh, I can't wait. And yeah. it's it's a three hour experience. You can probably knock it out in three four hours. So. I don't like scary things, um, but I find that I really do enjoy s- sometimes scary games. Um, okay, like Same I loved here. Resident Evil Seven; thought that was interesting, great. and that's like genuine horror. Yeah, it's a, this yeah. is not. This is more of a thriller type horror, like a psychological kind of some mess messed up stuff you. happening yeah. there. Yeah, so it, it's not like Resident Evil, which is like legit jump scares and yeah, all kinds which of crazy I stuff. I typically don't like that either, yeah. but I. Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games. Never played 7 yet. Oh, 4 is so good, yeah. If you liked 4, you like 7. Cool. Um, okay, so number 8 for me would be, this is actually, I didn't realize this is how this worked out, but Octopath Traveler. Oh, nice. <laughs> Octo. Um, this game, I still have not beaten it yet. I think if if I had put all my time into it, it'd probably be 
maybe lower on my list depending on your mainly based on your review of it saying after the like the second half of the game got pretty slow and you're like okay i'm like i'm pretty burnt out on grinding right um but what i have played in just the systems they put in place the music the production quality um, and the fact that this is like a true new square enix rpg on a nintendo platform i just thought it was excellent i was so happy to have it um, it just makes sense on the Switch. It's It looks great in handheld mode and being able just to kind of grind out and just kind of progress through the story because the story is not that great. But the fact that it's not that great doesn't make it um, hard to play in handheld mode when you're not as you're not you're not really as in tune or focused on it. Right. So I find that like sitting on the couch and just playing through it and just trying to get through the story is a lot of fun for me because I'm like, OK, I'm getting stronger and I'm, you know, moving along. But I'm, you know, I'm not sad that I'm missing any story elements here because it's not really any story elements. Yeah, one great thing about that game is that you can have something else on in the background and pretty much devote the majority of your attention to it right. when you start getting in that grind mode and then, you know, just knock out some levels. I'm playing Diablo 3 on my Switch right now, and that's oh. one of the reasons I love that H- game. Right how now. do you like Diablo 3? I really want to get it and play through it with somebody. I've, so, heard, I've heard excellent things about Diablo. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's really <laughs> scratching that, like, I think Per Schneider said this on a NBC that gauntlet itch that I didn't even know that I had because I loved that game on 64 yep. and then I had one on PS2 growing up. Me and my brother used to play that all the time. Same here. And I never played a Diablo game so I didn't really realize that that's what that was but mm-hmm. it is exactly the same gameplay loop. You go, you destroy a bunch of things, you get some cool loot, then you go back to level town. Up. And, yeah. Put level some more up. armor on, get some stuff and go again. What's really remarkable to me is that every level unlocks a new skill and in the first 20 levels at least a lot of that means that you get like a new button to use. Yeah. And uh, so it kind of slowly introduces you. But then also, when you look at the screen when you're level one, you're just like shooting a little arrow. It's like, choo, choo, choo. yeah, very basic. Then like level 20, you're like explosions going off everywhere. It's There's like, all kinds of crazy stuff happening. It's yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Your necromancer so, bringing people out of the ground and killing people. Yeah. I'm, I am thoroughly enjoying that game. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I, that is a game that I have been waiting to pick up because again being a financially smart person i'm like yeah okay i gotta slow down on the games a little bit here it was 40 dollars on amazon last week that's when i picked it up so see if that deal is still going on it's a good deal yeah 40 bucks for that it's a great game and do you have the ganon armor yet have you gotten that i have not i got one ganon uh it's like a belt or something like one piece of it but i haven't gotten the whole set yet okay okay but yeah so number eight for me was octopath and yeah i think what you're talking about with diablo it's just it's one of those games best played on the couch with something else in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know if you get that. I'd love to play co-op sometime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, my number seven is Pokemon Let's Go. I played Eevee, but I guess it doesn't really matter which one you get. Dude, that's my number seven. Oh, really? Yeah, this is perfect. Sweet. Uh, man, I hadn't played a Pokemon game since X and Y, which isn't that long ago, but... Uh, <laughs> I put, I did I bought Sun and Moon and I I returned it like a day later. I was like, you know what? I just think I'm done with Pokemon forever. Yeah. It's I'm just tired of that gameplay loop. They haven't updated enough. They haven't given you enough modern like quality of life changes to to warrant it. And yeah. then Let's Go came along and you've got all the Pokemon in the open open world and one thing that sticks out to this in this game after playing through the entire campaign the original 151 Pokemon are so much better in the, as far as like the animation department than the the rest of the whatever 800. They really crazy are crazy thing. They just actually it's actually cool to catch these Pokemon because they look good <laughs> rather than catching like a dumpster with a freaking 
like a couple eyeballs. Well, and maybe it's because we also, that's what we grew up with. I, I want to give. It's possible. I want to give the second gen and third gen and fourth gen and fifth gen and sixth gen and however many generations <laughs> they have a Pokemon now. Seven right now. I want to give them some slack because I think whatever you do grow up with, if you that was your first Pokemon game, you are a bit more attached to those games. Sure. Um, but, I mean, you would have to be a little bit, I don't know, you'd have to be a little bit silly to say that the first-gen Pokemon aren't the most just well-fleshed-out and interesting Pokemon. Because, like, you have some cool ones in two, and then you can tell they start running out of ideas and things to do, like, as the generations move on. You're like, okay, why, why is there a chandelier Pokemon? Like, why? Right. Why, why? That's just silly. It's a bunch of inanimate objects, whereas before they actually were supposed to look kind of like animals that were, you know, monsters or like you know like you catch these these animals in the wild whereas now it's like okay well i just caught an ice cream cone so that's right. that's exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah no that i guess uh, on top of what you're saying uh, but with let's go you had the quality of life changes of just giving only your main pokemon or your ev or pikachu that can learn all the hms essentially so no more like hm slaves <laughs> that you have to have in your party yes, to move that's, around that's huge um, being able to see Pokemon physically in the world, I think, was awesome. You know, just encountering one, be like, oh, crap, there's a giant Onyx in this cave right now. I'm going to go and try and catch it or avoid it because I don't want to fight any more Pokemon right now. Um, and I think the catching mechanic also is great if you're playing in handheld mode. Um, I tried playing on the TV screen, and while it was cool to use, like, the Pokeball with it, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Um, just the motion controls are not not good. <laughs> no, they're they're pretty bad, actually. Yeah. It's really difficult so to catch Pokemon that way. But I try to just forget that that, that part of it exists. So what I, what I am, I played it last night on the couch also because, I mean, I kind of already know the story. This one's actually a little bit different too, and I think there is something to be said for seeing the Pokemon characters you remember from the anime showing up. So Jesse, James, Brock, Misty, Team Rocket, or Meowth, Giovanni, right. you know, all the Elite Four trainers. Like it's It's just really, really cool to go back through this now as a person that experienced the first Red and Blue adventure so many years ago it's like wow this is cool yeah i never played yellow growing up i played red i played blue so i played actually. yeah i played red okay so but it's almost the same story yeah <laughs> very similar and we we watched this, we watched the show so all right uh number six for you landry red dead redemption 2 Ooh. yeah i thought this one was going to be my favorite game of the year i loved red dead redemption it's one of my probably 10 favorite games of all time I do love this game. I think it's amazing. The story was great. I loved Arthur Morgan. Um, it's just they forgot to make a fun video game uh, <laughs> in the middle of it all. It's it's fun in some regards. I yes. love the exploration aspect of it. But, man, they could have just put some fast travel. I know it's 1800s and fast travel doesn't make sense in the real world. but And they want you to see everything in the game. Yeah, and I get you spent eight years developing this giant Western world, but God, just give me some... There's no reason that game should have been 60 hours. It should have been about 40. Yeah. But you spend at least 20 hours traveling, traversing that world, yeah. which is fine. I want to spend 20 hours riding the horse to go on like hunting missions and do side quests and stuff like that and look for dinosaur bones or something. But when I'm trying to get from one story beat to the next... And I think every Rockstar game has this problem. You don't need to put a five-minute mission while you have like a a dialogue, basically. Like that's yeah. their way of like advancing the story, telling you story, and getting your like exposition in and stuff. But it's just, man, it's just boring. 
I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, Red Dead is actually my number five, so I'll just jump ahead and we can talk about it right now. But like, it's just, yeah, Red Dead for me was very, um, I, I just, I, I want to get back into it. And I will finish this game, but it is, it is certainly one that you have to be very intentional with sitting down and understanding that you're going to probably have to spend at least four hours or five hours just to make progress in that game. Yes. Because you're like, all right, I can't just sit down and feel like I've done something like I'm going to be riding a horse for probably an hour today and then I'm going to have to like go take care of my horse and do some mundane tasks in the meantime and then I'll actually hit some story beats along the way. But right. it's a, yeah, it's incredible game. Um, and I, I do think that Rockstar is unmatched in game design and technology and what they're able to accomplish. I think they just need some more guys on their team that are like, okay, so now that we have this amazing world, Let's make it a little bit more fun to do stuff in outside of just exactly you know. And one thing that blew my mind is Rockstar previously hasn't really been known for top-notch graphic quality. In the past, they've done it's detail that's been their thing, but this yeah. is the best-looking game I've ever seen, hands down. And, I'm, and you're on a vanilla PS4 too. I right? am, yeah, yeah. So that's 1080p, nothing crazy. It's, it, it's it looks just amazing. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, I and would it, say second to, I don't know. I would say God of War is probably up there with. God of War is definitely up there. I would say God of War takes the two spot for me, but they're both they're both the best AAA games I've ever seen, and they both came out this year. So yeah, that's They've, pretty great. People have definitely figured out the uh, PS4 like architecture and how it all works. Certainly, so that's cool. Um, so for me, number six, since we're kind of backing up for a second, uh, mine was actually Hollow Knight. Oh, cool. Um, so kind of like what you were talking about, we hit a period where we had so many Metroidvanias kind of hit back to back and they were all excellent, which was the hard part. <laughs> they were all pretty good. Um, and I had heard actually, so I, I heard Hollow Knight's soundtrack first. I was listening to some music at work and I was like, oh, this is excellent. Like, what is what is this this game music? And it was Hollow Knight. And I was like, you know, I remember hearing something about that and then I looked it up and I saw that it was coming out in the next few weeks. I was like, oh, this is perfect timing. Um, so I think Hollow Knight came right after i had finished playing uh, finished part of octopath or something and i hadn't tried out dead cells yet but it was right in between like a lot of like metroidvanias coming out and um hollow knight i think um the reason i, I put it higher on my list is because i dedicated my time to it i felt encouraged to finish the game all the way through um I was looking up guides a lot of the time to make sure that I wasn't missing stuff along the way and I was kind of not getting lost. Like I would get lost sometimes and be like, okay, well I need to backtrack and figure this out. So I didn't want to, I'm, I'm very intentional about the time that I spend in a game. So I will look at a guide very quickly if I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm okay, where way. am I supposed to go next? Um, but that game was great. I think uh, the team there did an excellent job of building that atmosphere, this whole idea of a uh, lost bug world or kingdom essentially and you know everyone everyone's a bug down there and uh yeah it was very like dark and sad a lot of times like there were some there were some areas in that game that like i did not want to be in for very long because they were just kind of unsettling to be in i was like i don't want to be here that is definitely true uh there was was, i forget what it's called but it's the one where it's almost pitch black you need a lantern to be able to even go through there and even still the lantern doesn't do that much for you and so uh once you get in there there's these nasty giant like centipede sent like centipede or caterpillar bugs that just keep crawling like through the tunnels and like you have to go down really quick oh yeah so all you can hear all you can hear is like (laughs) (laughs) and then like later when you get down further 
There's those nasty things that pop up out of the ground. They go, <laughs> and they like follow you around. Terrifying noises, too, yeah. which are really great recreations. <laughs> yeah, but. that one I, that did a pretty good job there, I think. Uh, but yeah, they did a great job of creating like this dangerous, kind of scary world where you're like, oh man, like I'm this little tiny bug with this little like nail, and I have to go kill this gross sounding monster wherever it is around here somewhere. And the game's difficult too. It's hard. It, there's a quite a bit of pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I would say I feel more pushback with Dead Cells than I did with Hollow Knight. Like Hollow Knight, you when once you leveled up enough, you felt pretty strong. There's a lot right. of abilities you had. Whereas Dead Cells, you're like you can still get like waxed in the first level if you're not if you don't have the right weapons or whatever. You can die Man, pretty quick. Maybe because I didn't jump on a strategy guide and get all the health right off the bat that I could have. I just felt like I got wrecked left and right in Hollow Knight. It was really difficult for me. Yeah, uh, I finally definitely. looked up how to get some different health orbs. I can't remember what mm-hmm. they're called in that game. Yeah. But once I got a few more of those, but I went through like at least 10 to 15 hours with just the initial three, mm-hmm. and I could not find like that last little fragment. And geez, it was it was rough. And you need it for those later game the later game bosses like yeah absolutely you, you have to like pause to heal and you can't really pause very long when you're fighting a boss or a, no. a tough enemy because they're going to come after you pretty quick so like yeah i died a lot i died a lot in that game for sure um, but i think they gave you enough tools or at least just different skills that would allow you to be able to kill them faster so there's my number six now on I like it to number four right i still oh, haven't well, given five five i'm sorry i jumped ahead to match up with red dead so that's fair you go my number five is God of War, actually. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I, l- I love this game. It was phenomenal. I think all of the accolades it's received are very well deserved. It's probably the best example of AAA gaming on the PS4, I think. Um, it's just, after about 14 hours, I was definitely ready for it to end. And it just kept going on for about five more hours. And I think that's a problem, a theme that I've just had with gaming this year is there's just a little bit of filler in just about every game that I love. And I, I'm ready for video games to take the next step and get rid of that. That's not, I don't think that's what players want is a 20 hour experience anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you on that. I think, I think, uh, I appreciate games that tell more concise stories now. Right. And I, but this is kind of bad, but I appreciated God of War because it was a game you could beat in what twenty hours, maybe maybe a right. little bit more. Yeah, uh, I would say I think I my playtime was eighteen hours, right at eighteen yeah. hours. And there's other games that are you know like Red Dead that are asking sixty to eighty hours out of you, and it's like okay, yes. come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's outrageous. Yeah. Um. No, God of War is fantastic. I think it will be remembered as one of the quintessential PS4 games for sure. Um. But it it just the last act, the third act of that game did not sit well with me personally. Mm-hmm. I think there are some game design flaws and some narrative flaws that everybody is willing to gloss over that just uh, irritated me. And I was coming off of one of my favorite games, two of my favorite games, probably of the decade. So coming straight into God of War, and I'll talk about those later. But um, it just to me, it didn't sit sit well with me for some reason so gotcha gotcha well that's fair no I, I like i like that idea of of just games respecting or just games developers as a whole looking at 
what they've they've made so far and saying, okay, what what is in here still that's not really furthering the story at all that we could probably do without? Right. And that's a hard decision to make because they probably spent a lot of time making those s- sequences, and they're like, well, we don't Absolutely. want to delete this because the team worked really hard on it, so I guess we're going to put it in there somewhere. Um, for me, uh, my number five was Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Very nice. A lot of the same things that you said. I think the game is excellent. I will certainly want to try and finish the story. Uh, there's enough there for me to kind of chew on. Certainly, that I could, I could, you know, probably spend 80 hours and not even finish the story if I wanted to. Um, but it's one of those games that I think deserves to be on on everyone, at least on everyone's radar, because it it has a, if anything, at least uh, inspired a conversation of do games have to be fun. And our games, art, and that whole discussion of it, it, there's 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 a lot of things that Rockstar did really well with Red Dead Redemption Two that I think really are gonna probably it's what's gonna probably do is make future games after this um, think of some interesting ideas and say okay, you know what do we want our game to be? Absolutely, because Red Dead Redemption Two is the first time I feel like a lot of people have looked at a game and been like, Hmm, this is not necessarily fun. Right. But does it have to be, <laughs> you know? And I don't think the answer has to be a yes necessarily, but what I, for me personally, when I play games, I would love to be fun, kind of fun. I would like for them to be fun too. But, and I think, I think Red Dead Redemption two is fun. It fun is not at the front of the experience. That's definitely not what yeah. their design philosophy was going in. Like, it's almost secondary. It is definitely secondary, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, the if, problem with Red Dead Two, to me, the reason it fell to six and why it's not like at a two or a three, is because there, there's an entire act or a, an entire chapter of that story that's like an extra four hours that is completely and entirely unnecessary, and the whole second half of the game is very redundant thematically. And storyline line wise, which is I think should be held up as like the strongest part of that game, and they kind of dropped the ball there for me. I've heard a lot of people say that the second there's a I think chapter four is where the game gets excellent, but it it takes a yes. while to get there. So, okay, uh, number four, number four for me is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Ah. Um, one of my favorite games on the Wii U got a re-release on Switch. I just love this game. I think it's one of the best 2D platformers ever made. It's so so much attention to detail was brought in every facet of that game by Retro and I replaying it just got me so hyped for their next project at Nintendo whatever it may be whether it's mm-hmm. this Star Fox Grand Prix or Donkey Kong Country 3. I'm Which, totally down for Both of those sound excellent. So either I'd, one of those. I'd be fine with either, yeah. Same here. Um but yeah, I, 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 Donkey Kong Country has always been one of my favorite game series, and this to me is the best one in the entire series. So, have you seen my backlog? Yeah, I saw that. So, I, I looked at that blog post. This is one that I need to I need to go back and be sure to finish because there's like some that I have high on my list and ones I want to finish, and I think that one's like at a medium to high. Like I know I need to go back and finish it. I just know that it's pretty difficult. Depending on, it's really not that hard, man. Well, if I, if I do Cranky Kong but or Funky Kong, but I want to do like legit. It's not that hard with Donkey Kong either. You'll be fine. Right. I mean, do you play 2D, 2D platformers? Do you play like Mario and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, decent amount. You'll roll through it. I mean, the only thing that's difficult is the bosses. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, the bosses are really hard sometimes. Yeah. They are. 
you're like, okay, I just have to jump on you, I guess, somehow, or or hit you. But, but I mean, with the items you can buy, just don't fine. forget about those. You'll yeah. you'll breeze through it in less than three or four hours if you're already <laughs> out of the first world. Okay. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you for the the encouragement. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, number four for me was Marvel's Spider Man. Nice. I didn't play this game. I want to oh, so bad. Man, uh, I'll let you borrow it if you want to borrow it. Um, so. I had never played Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2, but that was a lot of people's favorite Spider-Man or superhero game up until this one. Um, and all I can say about this game is that it tells a moderately compelling story about Peter Parker where you're engaged and you kind of want to know what's going on. It's very predictable, but I don't expect a superhero movie to really be, um, you know, really anything out of the ordinary right uh but what is there is excellent um i think insomniac did an amazing job of of telling a story um and creating a world that felt fun to travel around i mean i felt like spider-man playing this game there's a lot of unique ways you can approach combat scenarios whether you want to be stealthy or if you want to be just all-out aggressor um but there's a lot of really cool mechanics in there and story beats and definitely a lot of collectibles and other things to see along the way to to finish like to finish the entire game and what i loved and kind of what you're talking about there's not a lot of fluff um they put a ton in the game but everything that's in the game like the collectibles they they happen organically you see them along the way and they really aren't a stretch to go and get them all it, it doesn't take that long at all to get everything like i almost i almost 100 percent of the game and i think i probably only spent about 30 hours in it Nice. 30 to 40 hours in it. That's perfect. Which is a lot. If if yeah. I if I'm getting everything, you know, I mean it only took about 40 hours. I think that's pretty pretty good. And I yeah, I have nothing but great things about Spider-Man. I think it's it's uh certainly one of the best superhero games that you're going to play. I love Insomniac. They're one of my favorite developers. I uh really hope Sunset Drive comes over to PlayStation some at some point. I could see it. They're not a they're not I think I think Sunset Overdrive is owned by Microsoft potentially i think they might own that ip they may but but insomniac uh they made this and they made did they make the ratchet and clank remaster yeah which was also super good they made all the ratchet and clank games mm -hmm. and then resistance yeah, man, was resistance. their series as well i'm a big insomniac fan i like them a lot wait was resistance them pretty sure it was who killzone was no killzone was them. but what's what's their actual what's that developer's name killzone Man, it's another... I should know this. Guerrilla Games. <clears throat> yes. They made Resistance? I can't remember now. I'm going to be honest. Killzone's been also a, a staple or a staple of the PS or the PlayStation library. Because you had Resistance it. and you had Killzone. And Killzone's an old, an old IP, so I don't think those two were the same developer. You might be right. Anybody that listens to this and actually knows that answer, let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right, what was your number four? Or did I do number four? All right, Dong Young Country is number four okay. for me. Number three. Number three, Super Smash Brothers. Oh yeah. Ultimate. Um, I mean, this game is so freaking rad. It's just so awesome. I I love everything about it. I love the museum fact factor of the Smash Brothers games, mm -hmm. where you just get to see everything that Nintendo and video games has done over the past thirty years, basically. Yeah. Um. They're all there, celebrated in one spot. I'm terrible at fighting games. I've gotten pretty good at Smash Brothers to where I can hold my own, but that's probably the the best I'll ever be able to be because I'm just not that good at them. But that's the beauty of Smash, though. It's not. 
it's a game that is very approachable for being a fighting game. It really is, especially like I prefer to play with items on, like four player Smash. That to me is like the golden spot. That's where Smash mm-hmm. Brothers shines the best for me. That's where I get the most enjoyment out of it. But I have a lot of friends like you who like to play <laughs> one on one, no items, and that's a lot of fun too. And you really get to learn the nuances of characters' move sets. And uh, I really like World of Light mode because it's gotten me to play which is the single-player campaign in Super Smash Brothers. It's gotten me to play the game differently. It's gotten me to right. play uh, different ways that I never would have played before and with different characters I wouldn't normally play with. Because mm-hmm. um, my favorite character, I still haven't unlocked, and I probably put about 20 hours into World of Light. So Who's your favorite character? King K. Rule right now. He's so awesome. Yeah, he is freaking the best. awesome. Do you, have, do you have all the characters in your game? I do, yeah. Okay. I unlocked everyone. On How? Christmas Day, actually, with my brother. Nice. We got to play uh, a few rounds together, so and we finally got the last that's one. The last one, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, I uh, Smash Bros is my number two, um, so I'll talk about it now, I guess. But excuse me, um, I think that uh, this game being a legitimate on-the-go Smash experience uh, that you can take with you to parties and just drop in a dock, or just play on the actual tabletop mode. Um, is nothing short of amazing. Um, I don't know. I mean, like when when Smash Bros came to the 3DS, we all thought it was cool and it worked. But that's that's the only real compliment that we could give it. We just said that it worked. Like it works, but it's not great because you're having to play with a circle pad joystick and you know very very uncomfortable control scheme. Whereas this, you can bring your pro controller or you can play on a Switch and for the most part, it's super comfortable no matter what way you're playing. I would just, I would not recommend playing on split Joy-Cons or just a single Joy-Con. It's terrible. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I actually never put myself through that misery before. I but... tried once and it is a nightmare. So do not do that. Um, but th- this game's a true, just a true masterpiece. It is a true celebration of video games and not just Nintendo, but other third-party IPs in there. And it's just, Outs- I, th- I think it is the best party game if you are playing with people that are at least semi capable of playing video games. It right. is the best party game. Um, like you can't get everyone to, to like it, but it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no question. It's fantastic. For me, number three, and this is probably your number one, is Celeste. Um, I thought Celeste. I had heard a lot about this game. This is one of the few games you hear a lot of excellent things about. And I went into it and played it and also felt that same way. I was like, okay, wow, they were right. This game is amazing. Um, And really, I think what's great about just this whole story of Celeste is that it came from Matt Makes Games, the guys guys that made Towerfall Ascension, which is an excellent party game. Um, Also now on Switch, I believe. And they added Madeline as a playable character on the Switch version. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. I still haven't played Towerfall. I played it back when it was out on PC only. But but what's funny is you can see a lot of the bare bones structure that they built with Towerfall and said, hey, we have more to say in this kind of environment or at least this kind of graphical style. Um, I want to tell a story about this and it's going to be a really difficult platformer. And let's try it. And it freaking worked. Like it's it's so good. The everything from the soundtrack to the story, the writing, the characters. Uh, I think if you even if you aren't really a platforming fan, um, you should play Celeste because they also give you a lot of quality life improvements that make it a more approachable game. Like it'll slow down time for you and allow you to get through segments uh, without dying as much. 
the assist mode is really cool. Um, I haven't messed around with it much, but just from what I've read about it, this game makes you really good at other platformers too. Yeah. Because it gives you bite-sized challenges that you're going to fail at over and over again. But it just spurred me on to like try and, and get all of those. I wanted to get every strawberry. I wanted to get all the B-sides. I still, I think there's one B-side I still have to beat. I I haven't messed with the C-sides. I mean, that cheese. That's crazy. So brutal. There's some really hard ones. I've got most of the strawberries too, but I haven't gotten all of them yet. But anyway, the the game's absolutely gorgeous. The story is emotionally moving. The soundtrack's phenomenal. Uh, and the the platforming and level design is just it's it stands up there with, you know, Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, anything you want to put it against, it it's right up there with them as far as level design goes. Mm-hmm. And the mechanics on, on every level are a little bit different. There's always like some kind of level mechanic they're going to play around with and the how far they take these mechanics it always blew my mind those and just the first that was just the first level and then you go to the b sides and they use those same mechanics and they just do it in like absolutely insane ways yep and that's when i was like holy smokes how like how do you even use the same idea this many ways it's just really remarkable and it's such a small team too i mean the best compliment that we could probably say about celeste is that they're platforming design rivals Mario. I mean, like, everything is very precise, um, but thoughtful. Um, there's multiple ways to solve a problem, but really only, you're very limited in how you're going to fix, you're going to get through one section. Um, and it's funny hearing you talk about it a second ago, but you're like, well, I wanted to com- keep trying. I wanted to get, I wanted to keep pushing and, and get better and, and figure out how to get these different areas. And, like, I think them tying in Madeline's story to this right. game of like overcoming anxiety and trying to climb this mountain just for herself, but also like it was a metaphorical mountain of like she's competing against herself and right. you know her alter ego or her like uh, what was the uh, dark Madeline called? I don't know what she was supposed Man, to. Be. I can't remember. I can't remember. It's been it's it feels so long ago because it wasn't like January or February. January of last year. Yeah, yeah. so long ago. Like this time last year, we were just getting Celeste. So and you got the one of the game of the years, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough great things about Celeste. Um, it certainly is a game that hits a lot of good story elements, but also the gameplay just goes hand in hand with it. And it's so good. Yeah, my game of the year for sure. It's just it was so great. So, all right, do you want to give your number two? Because I've only got one left now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the way it worked out. Number two for me was Smash Bros. Ultimate. So Very nice. So I already talked about that. Same thing. Talked about it. You guys know how I feel about it. Um, uh, one thing we didn't talk about was the online. Um, it doesn't work great, um, but in my experience, I'm hardwired. So being able to hop online and play against you or anybody else that's online at the time and then use Google Hangouts or some other form that's not as bad as the, right, the voice chat app. Voice chat definitely sucks man my online experience and i know that there are real problems definitely i mean there's been enough internet backlash and enough people like sound people saying you know i'm experiencing errors to where it's it's indisputable i haven't had those problems i haven't either and i think it's only because we live in chattanooga i agree yeah i think (laughs) that we're just very fortunate i was just like i guess that 100 mbps is really is that megabits per second okay yeah i always mess up those initials uh not initials, but whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Man, I've been I've been coasting by real smooth, but I can tell sometimes I'll play somebody and I can tell they're experiencing issues because like somebody who's clearly better than me suddenly I'm just whipping up on them and I'm like, yeah. well, you know what? I don't feel bad. I need to <laughs> I need to increase my global smash power, I, and this I, is the only way this is going to happen. <laughs> we'll this pray is the upon only your way. weakness. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean in in reality, yeah. Uh, I've, I've had no problems and there's a, been a few moments where I've get in there and there's like some stutter or like a little bit of just tiny lag but it but doesn't that's online gaming like that doesn't affect it I I can't play anything on my PS4 without online some without instances. some I yeah. mean occasionally and it's been just as occasional with Smash Brothers as anything else I would say with PlayStation and Xbox it's very infrequent especially in big big titles like Call of Duty or any of the huge you yeah. know, multiplayer games like Destiny. Like I, you're right. I don't think I ever had any instances. My of problems lag. in Rocket League when it first launched on PS4 were pretty yeah. great, actually. Yeah, a lag on Rocket League. I've, I've definitely experienced some pretty bad. And that's one of the only online games I really got into on PS4. And then I'm definitely in the minority here, but I played Last of Us online and Uncharted online a lot. Oh gosh. I loved Uncharted Online. No, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. It you was thought, really good. You thought you did. You thought you did. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, my gosh. All right. That was my number two. So, number one. Uh, my number one was Celeste, but my number two... Uh, oh, sorry, man. I keep skipping these. No problem. We got a little out of order there just because uh, we were talking about the same thing. My number two is Bloodborne. Um, oh, yeah. It's actually the first... I bought two games when I bought my PS4. Bloodborne was one of them. I put it in the PS4 drive. 15 minutes later, I was driving back to GameStop, taking it back. I hated it. It was so hard. I was like, this is stupid. Who would want to play this? This game sucks. So it came out on PlayStation Plus, I think, in February. Mm-hmm. I downloaded it. That was, was an like, amazing month because I think it was that and Ratchet and Clank. I think in, that the, was, in yes, the same month. Yeah, which an amazing another month. incredible game. I yeah. I mean, I platinum that game back when it first came out. I, yeah. I love the Ratchet and Clank games. Um, but anyways. Anyway, Bloodborne. Um I'm so glad I gave it another shot. It is easily my favorite PS4 game right now. Like mm-hmm. if I had to make a list, I guess Celeste is a PS4 game, but I think of it as a Switch game just because that's where I played it. But yeah. um, it's just so good, man. It, it's like a 3D realization of a Castlevania game. Yeah, and that's pretty fair. And the difficulty is pretty steep. And when you first come into the game world, you don't realize, I didn't realize what it was like, Every death is supposed to teach you something, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I, the first time, I just kept looking at all the blood stains and trying to figure out what these people were saying, and they were all trolls back in the day. Yeah. But what was really cool about the PlayStation Plus relaunch it seemed like everybody who put something down was actually telling you like trying there to be was a, there was a huge revival in the game first yeah. of all, and everyone was trying to help each other out, mm-hmm. and so I did look up guides because just sometimes figuring out where to go can be a little difficult and it's, there's also different game routes you can take and the game's so hard you want to take optimized routes so you can get better and get more experience mm-hmm. but once you beat that first area and really that first boss you start to realize the cleric beast right is the, the cleric one. beast is yeah. the first one yeah it, it gives you like a really big boost it gave me a big boost of confidence and i was like you know what i can press on to the next area and figure this out and <laughs> You get you waxed. Know, <laughs> you get waxed a couple times, and there's probably five instances where I lost a whole lot of experience, and I was just like so mad. I had to take like three days off. Yeah. And then I came back. I did everything that I did before, and then before I knew it, I was you know 
you know, strapped up, kicking ass again and ready to go on to mm-hmm. the next thing. So what was your uh, weapon of choice? What'd you go with? I went with the blunderbuss and the man, I'm blanking. Daggers, I started the whip, with the, the whip axe, the hammer. And I moved oh, it was the cleaver. The cleaver, the yeah. The cleaver and the blunderbuss. Okay. Uh, I had a whip there for a while, but that just Whip's wasn't too weak. Out. Yeah. It was too weak. I've heard it gets really strong later on, but um man, I I just I mean I beat the absolute crap out of that game too. Like I put a lot of time into it. I got everything that I could. Um, there's like all these like I can't remember if they're like fetuses that you have to collect yeah. to get like the final it's ending. Kind of a gross game. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah, definitely. If like I got really into H.P. Lovecraft because a lot of the lore in the game is inspired mm-hmm. by H.P. Lovecraft. Yep. And I was like, you know what? I've never read this author. I know he's a classic author. I know he's like one of Stephen King's big inspirations. Yep. So I started reading a lot of his short stories. So I just it was just one of those games that led me to other things that I wound up loving and. Not a lot of media does that. So, I mean, I really, really loved it. Yeah. Bloodborne, I had never played a Souls game up until Bloodborne. I haven't played any of the Souls prior to this. So, And people that had played Souls had told me uh, that Bloodborne is very different in terms of how it plays, where it's a lot a lot faster. And it doesn't, st- it doesn't feel that fast, but I think compared to a, a Souls game, you are rolling a lot more and you're playing, the, you're more the aggressor in this game than being defensive. Right. Um. And to me, that clicked. I was just like, okay, like I get it. Like I just have to dodge his attacks like any other boss. But like instead of it being a main boss, anything in Bloodborne can kill you in like one hit almost. So it's pretty much true, yeah. So you have to treat almost every encounter like a boss battle where you're like, okay, I have to kind of be careful. I approach him. And then once you figure out their weaknesses or their tells and their counters, um, you start getting stronger. And you you really do like it is the probably one of the best feelings of accomplishment kind of figuring that game out and getting stronger and progressing because right. like, I know it's not easy and like either either you can be diligent and really smart and just grind it out over and over and over again from the first couple of levels and just try to level up that way or you can be a bit more brave and that's that's where that fun comes in where you're like okay I'm going to push a little bit further so I can get some better experience and right. then you find some disgusting abomination of a monster in a cellar somewhere that just wrecks you in one hit and you're like no alright I'm dead yeah but then you can go back and play that monster again, literally with the same experiments, experience points, and setup. Mm-hmm. Understand his attack pattern, and then just you know, we'll get your get your experience back, out. get your get your souls back or whatever. Yeah, their, exactly. their souls back. So first or... it's pretty great. I mean, the the gameplay loops really fun, and the way the game's designed, where it, it's almost like, uh, man, what am I trying to say? It, it all kind of loops back on itself. So there's like a central hub, and you yep. can kind of get to all the different levels and come right back. You're never too far away yeah. from the starting point. I never realized how, I mean, like, it, it all, I, mean, I think that's intentional, but like, Certainly. That, that entire world is very uh, well thought out and mapped and connected. Like, when you first start the game, you're actually like, when you start the game, one room behind you that you can't get into at first is like near the end of the game almost. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> so, so when you finally do get there by like looping around essentially, like, oh crap, I know where I am again now. Right. Like, that's yeah, crazy that I'm already back door, here. I was like, holy smokes, I'm yeah. right back where I started. I did not realize that was going to happen. So. And so if you, yeah, and there's there's all kinds of cool speed runs of Bloodborne and those kinds of games where people figure out how to like jump over gates and get to areas they aren't supposed to get right. to yet and like they can level up faster. It's just, there's a lot of really impressive nuances in that game and I think, I'm, I'm glad you played it. 
Yes, it's me awesome. too. I, another thing that I really love about it is the art style. The graphics weren't there. It looks like a PS3 game, to be frank. It doesn't look great, um, but the but the art design. style and the design of all the monsters is on point. Yeah, like there are some pretty horrible looking abominations oh, in gosh. that game. Everything's like wet and slimy and bloody and right, just disgusting looking. Man, what a game! Love yeah, it. that's awesome. Um, kind of makes me want to go back and play it again, but I don't think I will. <laughs> Fair enough. For me, number one, since I guess we're already there, uh, God of War. Um, I had not really spent a lot of time with the previous God of War games. I played a bit of God of War 3, um, and I watched my brother play the first two, and I always thought they were interesting. I was like, okay, cool, you know, giant gods that you're just killing, and um, I don't know. It, it felt very much like a PS2-era game. Um, and God of War... When this came out, and then there's a lot of hype around it, people saying like, "Oh, it's not going to be um, Greek mythology anymore. It's going to be Norse mythology." And there's going to be these different animal, like different aspects being added into it, and you know, he's, he might not have his blades of chaos or all this kind of stuff. Um, and I, th- I, I, I could not put this game down. Um, I just wanted to play through it. There's only a few games that have done that to me, to where like I really just all I can think about all the time is just I want to get back in and I want to read about it and figure this part out and. You know, where should I go next? Best armor sets, all this kind of stuff that I'm just trying to find and do in the game. But on top of that, I mean, the combat felt excellent. Um, you know, I think adding the axe, the Leviathan axe, was a great choice. Um, the cinematic style of the game, where it is all one cut and you're kind of moving through the whole story, um, I had never seen before. Um, I I think it's one of those things you kind of don't you you kind of underappreciate because it is so well done. Yeah. It's all just one cut. You don't really think about it. But you're like, oh, yeah, there was no like loading scenes. I was just moving through this game. Fluidly. That was easily one of my favorite things about that game. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm a huge film buff, and I haven't studied film like at a university or anything, but I've definitely read a lot about it mm-hmm. and techniques and stuff. And, man, that was that was wild, just mm-hmm. the way they implemented that. And I can't believe they pulled it off the way they did. You can see where they they added some loadings, like some of the parts where you're riding you, the boat, or yeah. when you're in between like the portals and you're having to like run through like the little like yeah the portals there space it's time a little place. cheap because there's definitely a fade to black in the portal every time you go to one of those portals yeah but but uh, you're you're never you're never not doing something on the on the PS4 controller really like you're yes. always you're always pushing an input not just putting the controller down and waiting for it to load right. Um, but I think, you know, the story was compelling. Um, you were interested to know kind of what this is all going to lead to, what it meant. Um, the boss battles in this game were just over the top, just difficult and fun. And I think, uh, I think the extra stuff that a player that wanted to kind of get more out of the game that they put in there was worth it. Like the Valkyrie, the Valkyrie battles. Did you ever do any of those? Yeah, I did. Like maybe three. Okay. So after I beat the game, I went back and got all the Valkyries and fought all the Valkyries, um, and that was really hard. Like those yeah, they're Valkyries very difficult. Kick your ass, and the the final one was like, whew, took a long time, but I figured out a combination that worked. I had to like switch in my runes and just figure out what combination of attacks would be the best against this particular boss, and that that gave it a lot of tail end for me because I I didn't like I said I didn't want to leave that game yet, so I was like looking for anything to kind of just keep me going in there. But once I beat that, I was like, okay. It was a is a finite experience that probably took me anywhere between like thirty to forty hours to finish this game entirely, and I gave it to somebody else, and I was done. Yeah. But, but like I had a great lasting impression, and, and you know, 
I think by far what I've played in 2018 is one of my favorite games. Nice. Yeah, it definitely deserves to be. It's one of mine as well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I know five's probably a little higher than most people would have put it on their list, but um, I still love the game. I think it's it's phenomenal mm-hmm. in just about every way. Just the story stuff for you. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, there are some real... I like I I feel like they dropped the ball in one in one regard, but you know whatever. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't want to talk about spoilers, so I'm gonna leave it at that. All right, so you're number one. My number one was Celeste, which we already talked about. But any so. any other things we didn't talk about, or any things you want to say specifically about Celeste? I guess. Um, I just that game had a pretty large impact on me. I didn't expect it to. I. Never expected a 2D game to kind of move me in any way. And I really don't ever expect video games to move me. That's not why I play them. Yeah. Uh, people say video games can be art, and I believe they are a type of art, but not usually the type of art that like gives me any kind of like emotional like pull or weight. You right. know? And that, that game did, and it might be the first game that's ever done that. The Last of Us is the other one, actually. Right, yeah. That game was... Uh, like I mean, I cried during The Last of Us. I'm hoping this year it comes out, man. I hope Last so too. too. I, I'm a huge Naughty Dog fan. Can't wait. But man, this this was a different type of emotional because I mean, it really does deal with anxiety and depression, and it deals with it in a very realistic way. And it's a 2D sprite, like on your <laughs> like how? Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of uh, uh, emotions being conveyed through the animations. It's really just you kind of imprinting those emotions on Madeline. Yourself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, but I think a lot of it is the score, like how moving the score is mm-hmm. and then um just the fact that you've put so much effort into beating these levels cuz they, I mean, it's one of the harder games I've ever played. But also um, forgiving, which it's very I, forgiving. Which I think makes it great cuz like you'll you'll die, but you you only get put back to the start of that segment. You're not you're not right. getting sent all the way back to, you know, which is one of the reasons Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is difficult because yeah. I mean they have checkpoints, but you're gonna have to replay large dead cells is like that for me. Where yeah. like if you die, all right, you're back to the beginning, play through yeah. it all again. You're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, exactly. And the the Metroidvania parts of Dead Cells that are supposedly supposed to help you traverse things faster. Yeah, they don't really help. They that don't much. help at all. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't help you move through the levels faster. It helps you find more gear. I got but, here quicker, but that's about it. Yeah, but yeah, Celeste is yeah, I th- and I think. Part of the reason that game is so good is because I think, I don't know, I feel like anxiety and depression are are both things that are more relevant or at least people are aware of those today than maybe in years past. But I think it's something that we've all had to deal with at some point in our life. Especially, yes. Especially the anxiety part for me specifically. Like I think that's just something with being an adult and having a full-time job and responsibilities and everything else that comes with it. Like you get anxiety from that. And then if uh, things don't go the way you are, you want them to, or, uh, you know, the anxiety does take over kind of depression goes hand in hand with that. So, right. <laughs> so you're like, Oh gosh, I'm terrible. Certainly. And so kind of seeing Celeste and seeing that expressed in that way was really, I think very well done. Yes, me too. Um, and I'm surprised it held on all year as the game of year. I mean, I basically called it in January. I was like, this is my game of the year, and I can't believe I'm playing it in January. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And it did. It it held its number one spot. I thought God of War was going to shake it, and if the first 14 hours 
would have if it had ended then or had like ended on that strong of a note, it would have been better chance probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sa- Smash Brothers was close, but yeah. If, if but for I different was, reasons, though, you know. Oh, it's so much different. It's yeah. such a different experience, mm-hmm. and that's why numbering these is difficult. I think all of these are honestly. I mean, if you look at the, at least my top three or four, they're all excellent for different reasons. I mean, all of these are, but like, yeah, God of War was just more for it's a complete package story. Um, Super Smash Bros. It's just the most fun you could probably have right. on the Switch. Um, Celeste is the most emotionally impactful story that right. you're, I have experienced this year. So there's there's a lot of reasons that these games are good and. I think if you picked up any of these on our top ten, you'd be pretty. Uh, you'd be you'd be in a good spot. It was, Certainly, it was a good year for 2018. Well, that's it, man. Yeah, 2018 was a hell of a year. It was very good Ugh. indeed. Now let's do 2019 predictions next. <laughs> next next podcast or what, what we're excited about. I'm ready. Well, unfortunately, guys, that is the end of our podcast. Remember, BitCast is a sort of weekly podcast that covers most things, video games and pop culture. Landry, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's Anytime. It's been, been a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Um, be sure to go to bitblogist.com to check out our most recent stuff and stay tuned for our newsletter every Tuesday. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter and be sure to send any topic suggestions to BitCast at bitblogist.com. Until next time, this has been BitCast. Thanks for tuning in. To talk about some stuff. Let's do the outro now. Mm-hmm.